This is Fishbowl Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Goen. Episode of Fishbowl Effect, and really the introduction of Fishbowl Effect. Uh, This is Pastor Justin Goins, and I just want to take the time to thank you for listening. And um, this week, we're going to be covering two attributes into which Paul tells Timothy as he has left Timothy in Ephesus to pastor the church at Ephesus, which, if you remember, was a diverse, I mean, it was diverse in everything. It was almost like a build, Ephesus was like a -a Build-A-Bear. I like what uh, J.D. Greer says, like a -a Build-A-Bear theology or religion center. You had some religions that just kind of mesh with other religions and created their own religion in that day and age. And Paul sent Timothy there to pastor an already existing church. But that church uh, was full of Ephesians. Uh, So you had some Jews, you had some, um, well, massively a lot of different ethnicities there. And he told young Timothy, Timothy, don't let anybody despise thy youth, meaning you're new, you're young. Don't let them look down upon that, but be thou an example of the believers. The word example or be thou an example, it means to be like the model, be a model. And he's not talking about it in a prideful way, as we've looked at a couple of weeks, the first two episodes. But he's saying, be somebody that they can look up to, model, kind of like a, um, a uh, the manual. As you open up a box and you want to build something. Men, we typically don't do that. We just start building it. And then we look at the directions later on. He was telling Timothy, in essence, be the manual, be the example. Last week, we looked at our last episode, the second episode, we looked at in word, meaning how he talked, how he how he used his language. We looked at that. This week, we're going to look at two attributes. And remember, this is fish in a fishbowl. No, Paul is not telling Timothy that he's literally in a fishbowl. But this is a word picture I like to use to help illustrate this. And that's all it is. Not adding extra biblical things in, but as a way of better to understand the text or as a way to help you picture it like a fish in a fishbowl. When people are uh, you know, stand around observing that fish, you can learn a lot about a fish by just observing it. Well, you, Christian, are in a fishbowl in the world. You represent Christ. The fishbowl effect. Well, this week we're going to look at the word conversation and then the word charity. Conversation. I mean, like, doesn't that sound like the first one he said is word, his speech? No, this word conversation, the Strong's uh, Dictionary defines it this way, manner of life or the way you live, the way you walk, your lifestyle, your lifestyle. And remember, this is kind of like a question I'm asking during this. During his episodes, what do people learn about Christ by observing you? What do people learn about Christ by observing last week, the way you talk this week, your lifestyle? Um, this, this can get kind of dicey, I guess. This can get kind of confrontational and by no means. I'm not meaning to be that way, but I stand firm on the word of God and the word of God does claim. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We are called to live holy. We're called to live a sanctified life. Your lifestyle, Christian, should be massively different than what it was before you were saved. By God's grace, he saves you. He changes you. He, he, he sends immediately the Holy Spirit of God into you. 
to take a bold in you, to help sanctify, to guide, to lead, to talk, to speak with inside of you, paired with his word, so that you can better live out Christ, Christ living in you through you. You're called to live different. Your lifestyle, by people observing your lifestyle, they should learn about Christ. In fact, I find this interesting that the you know some people say, well, you know, the word Christian's not in the Bible or X, Y, and Z. And actually, they're wrong when they say that because it is. In Acts chapter 11 is where we find the term Christian. And I like how it came about. They had this, uh, the church in Jerusalem got this kind of information about Antioch and how 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 it seemed as if some type of Christianity was spreading like wildfire. And so the church there, Peter, Peter and them said, hey, uh, Barnabas, why don't you go down there? See if this is legit. So Barnabas goes down. He's, he looks around. He, he sees it and he's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is this is. And so he preaches to them. He gives he he gives an encouragement to them. He is encouraged. And so I want to pause and stop and say Christians should be encouraging Christians. Like that is part of who we are and what we should be doing, encouraging one another. And that's exactly what Barnabas was was so inundated by by the lifestyle of these Antioch Christians that it excited him to preach an encouraging message to them, which then he was sent back. He gave them a charge, sent back to Jerusalem and said, God, Peter, guys, this is absolutely legit. And so they get he goes to Tarsus, gets Paul. And him and Paul both leave the church of Jerusalem. And it's key because the Bible says that they assembled themselves together there at Antioch, meaning they membered themselves. Nobody can shake me off the fact that membership, church membership is taught in scripture because it is, dear friend. And the spiritual gifts, the main purpose of why God gave you a spiritual gift or some sub spiritual gifts is for his glory, number one, and for that gift to be used, not for you. But for but in a local body, in a local body. So let me it's kind of a side note. How, how are you using your spiritual gift? The the outdoors, dear friend, is not your church. The outdoors is not the place where you go to escape uh, and do church. Not that you can't go away and re- take your Bible and learn for sure. What I'm saying is that the Bible tells us, especially in Hebrews, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves one with another. And nobody has a problem with that verse, meaning assembly, meaning church. And then when we take that same word back into when it was first used with Christians, paired with Christians, was in Acts chapter 11. And it's the same thing. So it shows us about church membership. And I hope, I hope, I just want to encourage you. I hope that helps you to better be encouraged to find out what your spiritual gift is. Maybe I'll do a podcast on the spiritual gifts later on, a series on them. I just want to encourage you to find out what that is. Find out what your spiritual gift is and get plugged into a local church and begin serving in that. Because your gift isn't for you, it's for them. And when they use their spiritual gift, it's for you. And when we all use our spiritual gift in a local body, we bring we we are a well-oiled machine. Like Paul uses fingers and toes and eyes and ears and brains. We function properly for the glory of God, the glory of God. And that's that's the main thing. But then he used that word Christian there. Well, they used the word Christian. Who I mean they in Acts chapter 11. Once Paul and once Barnabas came back and they started to assemble, member themselves together with the church at Antioch. The Bible says, and it's, and it's in the tone, that not the Christians at Antioch, but rather the outside world 
coined them Christians. They look like, talk like, act like their conversation, as we're using the word here, Paul used that with Timothy, their conversation, their manner, their manner of life, their lifestyle was so much like Christ. The outside world coined them Christians or Christ-likeians. Can that be said about you? Can that be said about you, that your life mimics Christ? Again, what do people learn about Christ by observing your lifestyle? I hope they learn about Christ. Second word here is charity. The word charity is the word agape or love. There's different types of love in scripture, and especially in the New Testament, you have eros, which is kind of like that, that romantic, intimate love. You have the phileo, which is uh, where we have named Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, which means brotherly love, friendship. And you have this word, I forget what the other one is, but then you have this word agape, and oh, agapeo. But then you have this word agape, which means a selfless, sacrificial love. Again, the strong says it's the act of love of God for his son and his people and the act of love his people are to have for him and for each other, even their enemies. It's this selfless, sacrificial love. So he said, not only just the word that you talk, how you talk, how you use your language, Timothy, also your lifestyle, Timothy. He said the way that you love your selfless, sacrificial love, Timothy, let that be an example. May they learn of you, son, as they see you be the example of, of love. Loving God, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Love others. John thirteen thirty five. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love, charity, or, or agape, one for another. Love your enemies. Matthew five forty four. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that do uh, that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. First Corinthians thirteen, which is a hyperbole chapter, is a chapter of love. It starts off with, though I speak with, or if I could speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but yet have not love, I'm as as a tinkling brass and a sounding cymbal, or I may have mixed that last part up, but, and it goes on to explain how, how love must be a component in what you do. Selfless, sacrificial love. Main question, application again, what do people learn about God? What do people learn about Christ by observing your love? Now, sometimes you have to put up with people in maybe in your family, maybe at your job, maybe at, at church. Don't forget, Jesus had a Judas and he had a Pharisees and Sadducees around him. He had sons of thunder around him. He had Peter who would deny him. Jesus still loved them. He cared and ministered and served them. Does that mean that what they did was right? Absolutely not. Does that mean that uh, Jesus condoned it? Absolutely not. But he didn't stop saying hello, shaking hands, looking them in the eye and loving them and serving them. Man, the upper room experience, washing their feet. Washing their feet. And so, as Paul told Timothy, Timothy, be an example in your conversation, your lifestyle. The world is watching you, Timothy. The church is watching you, Timothy. Timothy, be an example in your love. The church is watching, Timothy. The world is watching, Timothy. Be an example, Timothy. Well, so back at us, me and you, dear listener. We are in a fishbowl. The world is observing us. They should learn about Christ by the way in which we live, in the way that we talk, in our word, last week, this week, in the way that we actually live. When you go out to dinner, do you look like the world? Does your plate, does your drinks, I mean, what? seriously, what does your life look like? And then when you go out and to work, are you, is your, 
Is your word, is, the, is your speech just like the world? The, the, I, 1 John chapter 3 tells us to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For the, lust of the, for, for the love of the world, the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are not of, are not of God, are not of your Father, but of Satan. The word that he says, love not the world, it's, it's the cosmos, not like, out, like outer space. What it's talking about is the world system. What the world says, hey, this is what life's all about. The Bible says, don't love that. Rather, love God. Sit your affections on things above, not of things on this earth, as Jesus said. Sit your treasures in heaven. Don't fall in love with this world. The Bible says sin is pleasurable. So don't get that wrong. Sin will sin will please your flesh, but it says sin is pleasurable yet but for a season. It'll, it'll keep you longer you want to stay, cost you more than you wanted to pay. Take you further than you wanted to go. Sin will do this to you. The world has a lifestyle in which it screams, live like us. Think of Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. All that is the, is the world system. Walking, you're standing and you're sitting all in the negative, all in a nasty form of the ungodly, the sinners, the scornful. This is blessed is man that doesn't do these things, that doesn't find who, but yet his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. That's where I'm going to go next after I finish four, five, and six attributes. I'm going to start making a podcast and episodes on Psalm chapter one. I've been diving into it now in my private devotion, and it is so blessing my soul. And so I wanted to make mention of it to you now within a few episodes. You'll be looking forward to that, uh, Psalm chapter one. But again, what do people learn about Christ by observing you while you're in your fishbowl in life? What do they learn about Christ, about your lifestyle? Does your lifestyle scream Christ or does it scream world? Does your Love scream Christ or does it scream world? This is Pastor Justin Goins again with Fishbowl Effect Podcast. I hope this was a blessing and encouraged to you. Have a great day.